the Russian podcast. Для меня это все непонятно. And he said, well, the plumber's coming in the morning. We're going to be talking about New Year celebration in Russia today. This is the biggest holiday in Russia, similar to how Christmas is celebrated here. Russians have New Year's tree presents and Christmas is less celebrated. First of all, it is in January because most of Russians are Orthodox Christians, so it is not celebrated on the 25th like it is here. And it is usually a very quiet celebration with just the closest family. One of the reasons why New Year's is really the biggest holiday versus Christmas is because in 1929, religious holidays were outlawed. Religion in general was illegal and therefore religious holidays were illegal. Any kind of decorations associated with Christmas became outlawed as well. Eventually in 1935, so six years after they outlawed Christmas celebrations, they decided, the government decided that they're going to celebrate New Year to bring magic and to bring hope and celebration to people's lives. So we have a New Year's tree, we don't call it Christmas tree, and then when it comes to... light it up with stuff. Yes, we decorate it, it's usually a star on top. Some people just go into the forest and chop one themselves. Mm -hmm. And you usually wrap the presents and put them under the tree. And that's the day where you exchange presents. It's like so. a Russian version to get around communism, the communist regime. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. Similar to what Americans have here, which is Santa Claus, Russians have Dead Maros. Dead doesn't mean dead. Sounds like it. Good Good <laughs> I ever thought that... I thought, I, I thought it was the Russian Krampus. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she sent me a text with the dead, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> dead Santa Claus. Weird Christmas you guys got. <laughs> so, it's basically... Dead Maros means... Dead means grandfather. Grandfather. Oh. And Maros means cold. So, it's grandfather cold, technically. So, winter. Uh, so, yeah, grandfather winter. It's similar to Santa Claus... He's an older man with a white beard, but the beard is usually really long. And the coat is also really long, where Santa Claus is kind of short. He doesn't wear glasses, and he also walks around usually, and he doesn't have like a flying reindeer, reindeer or anything. So he walks. He usually walks. It's more believable. <laughs> the, 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 this Russian Santa Claus is more believable. It's true. Now, does he wear a, some sort of suit? He wears a coat that's usually red or blue or sometimes white. Oh, and wow. that coat is really long. He has more variety in outfits than Santa Claus. He does. Yeah. Also, coincidentally enough, all three of the Russian flag colors. So, that's actually... That's a, oh, yeah, good. That's yeah. a good observation. Yeah, I never thought about it. And, you know, recently they established a city where he actually lives. Veliki Ustuk, so it's a little north from Moscow. And people actually go there. Uh, during holidays to visit Death Maros, the Russian Santa Claus. And they created a whole village. But you can buy tickets online. Uh, it's $25. I looked it up. U.S. dollars. Uh, so it's 1,400 Russian rubles <laughs> right now. You can also, through that website, write him a letter just online. Do you sit on his lap? So basically, if you book a tour, <laughs> this is going to sound like advertisement of Vizikus uh, <laughs> too. Uh, if you book a tour, that includes a tour of the village. 
and the village has school of magic, post office, I know, park of ropes. For people who are more adventurous, they have <laughs> a place where you swing on ropes, I guess. And then they have a zoo and a garden. It's like a poor man's Universal Studios. Oh, like I, a winter zoo? Yeah. Okay. A winter zoo with like... But no reindeer. That's, no. But, I mean, they might have deer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, they have a virtual tour that you can take, but it wouldn't load. So I'm not sure how no. it all actually looks like. And they have an alley of magic. And then on the very bottom of the list, they have a bathroom, which is also on premises. But it, it makes it sound like there's only one bathroom, which actually might be true based on our experiences in Russia, where you can't use bathrooms anywhere except for like one place in an entire park or an entire, you know, there are two. There are two things that are missing in Russia that's accessible water and accessible restrooms. And there yeah. seems to be a connection between the two. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ryan, when we visited, um, it was like a village. They made it look like an old village where you can go and revisit the old days. And he really needed to use the bathroom. And right at 5 o'clock, all of them closed. <gasps> all of them closed. And so he was really struggling. And then he decided to go into the bushes. And then he promptly ran out of them. <laughs> because as he pulled his um, pants down, pants down, all of the mosquitoes oh. jumped on him. And you so, lift up your shirt, and your belly is just completely exposed. And they're like, "Oh, that's prime real estate." Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, and so he your penis eat. is a mosquito magnet. Yeah, and I didn't want to have to itch down there. So yeah. plus, we're about to get back onto it. Like, how many mosquitoes are we talking about? Car ride? A lot. A lot. Like a, a swarm of mosquitoes. Swarm. We were walking around in just like the populated area where the streets were and the the shops, and I would say five mosquito bites probably came from that. Mm-hmm. But then, did you feel them right away? Did it get itchy? Right away? They're, they're, they're really terrible. Are, yeah, they have different mosquitoes. But within, when I went into the bush, I had to like go through grass, and then the bush was like a, I guess there was water in there or something, because it was easily a hundred or so mosquitoes that I could see like in front of me. This reminds me of a time when we were traveling by bus and they stopped next to the forest so people can go and pee. And I was like, okay, I need to go pee. And I went into the forest and I sat down. I think about a thousand mosquitoes immediately landed on my ass, but I was already in process, so I kind of had to. It took me weeks to recover. <laughs> From <laughs> because, those mosquito bites? Because the forest mosquitoes are the worst. Even city mosquitoes there are very, very... Stingy. Yeah, they're, they're potent. They're very itchy. They instantly were everywhere. I got attacked in Puerto Rico, so I can just <laughs> imagine. It was terrible. And they itch so bad, and they're huge bites. Mm-hmm. I feel... How big are we talking about? Uh, okay. The biggest one I got in Puerto Rico was like this. Oh, no. Abraham is showing us a two-inch diameter uh, bite. Yeah. No, not that big. But they were very armpit. painful. And I just don't like remember... Like painful itching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I just don't remember getting anything quite like that here in the United States. I'm sure some areas to get that, but it was something that I just forgot how bad it is. And we went on a walk by the river, and it was like a forest next to the river. So we were in a forest where there are a lot of mosquitoes, and there are a lot of mosquitoes next to the river. So we basically had to run the entire time while flaying our hands to get rid of the mosquitoes that were attacking us constantly. The Russian guy who was showing us the the way, who was one of our friends, uh, relatives, he actually put his hands inside of his t-shirt 
like you know you know next to his body mm -hmm. to keep his hands from being oh, bitten. So, oh, so the locals get attacked too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. definitely. So they're not immune. I, some of them might no. be. No, no. You know, no. some of them might be. Some of them might be. We. Your father seemed to be immune. <laughs> My father's immune to everything. <laughs> We went to the store because Ryan really wanted to buy something that would repel the mosquitoes and my father picked something up and Ryan goes, oh, this will work great. And I said, how do you know? He was like, because it's illegal in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegal in America. It was those spiral deep uh, mosquito things that you light on one end and you put on a little triangle stand and it just Those like, are illegal here now? The ones that are really good, yeah. Oh. And I know that if you're in Russia, they have to be the really good ones. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> the ones that aren't made with DEET don't really work. You have to get with, like, a two-meter radius. Yeah. But the DEET one, like, actually kills. The DDT really kills all the mosquitoes. Wow. And, you, you know, you're, like, your brain cells and probably your lungs and all those other things. <laughs> hey, but no mosquito bites. Fuck you. It kills mosquitoes and you. <laughs> we all gotta die someday. <laughs> anyway, so going back to Death Maros. He sounds like a... Like a more fashionable cousin of Santa Claus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the long jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Is um, curly hair? Or bald? Is he bald? No. He always wears a hat. I've never seen Dead Metals without a hat. So what's this, like, corner of magic thing going on? Does he have elves? He doesn't have elves. The only sort of ally or uh, person that helps him is his granddaughter. So here you have Miss Claus. And we have Dead Maros, which is, you know, an old man, and his granddaughter. Her name is Sniguruchka, which originally comes from folklore. It's a story about a couple who didn't have kids, and one day they went outside and made a snowman, or a snow girl, I suppose, and it came alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Sounds yeah. very Russian. There's a lot of ice out there. <laughs> and then she dies. Wow. <laughs> wow, that is very Russian. <laughs> yeah. From melting. Oh um, my god, sounds familiar. Sounds like the story of Olaf <laughs> from Frozen. Maybe Did that's he where die? they got it. Well, he melts. Or what away. about Mr. Sn the Snowman from um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? He he melts his two. That's he? right, he does. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, apart from folklore, there's another story written about Nigurochka where girls from the village take her to the forest to be eaten by animals and they tie her up to a tree mm -hmm. and then she melts eventually and like a little branch grows out of that water puddle and then someone makes a music instrument out of it and then they play this music instrument and that's how they remember her so they both kind of said story that's still be that's beautiful though <laughs> anyway so dead maros is Nigurochka, the two people that basically represent new year's they are often in kindergartens for New Year's celebration. They come to people's homes if you pay them. And they're basically prominent figures in New Year's celebration. You can hire debt models according to research that I did for a private party for about $350. Like a high high-level debt models. <laughs> Not a guy with a, a string beard. And yeah, exactly. Okay. And you can also go through like a private party maybe like a russian craigslist and it will cost you less maybe 50 dollars and apparently there's an option now to just order death models by skype so some people do it too mm. yeah so new year's usually uh, takes place the celebration takes place at families homes there are a lot of dishes that you prepare the day off and prior to the day of new year's usually a lot of salads you know filled with mayonnaise and while you prepare the food and then once you sit down as well 
and share them all with your family on pretty much every channel they play a movie called Slokim Param Ili Ironia Sudibli. So it kinda has two titles which translates to The yeah. Irony of Fate or Happy Bath. There isn't which direct the, translation. Sh- which one's the first one? Slok what? Slokim Param. And what does that mean? That means this is something that people say once you come out of sauna or once you come out of the shower. Little translation means with light shower, light in terms of opposite to heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no equivalent. Like, are they hoping here. you have a you had a light shower or? Yeah, like congratulations on the light shower. I'm not really sure why they say that, and there isn't anything quite like that well, here. Well, we should start saying it here in California, because we need to say Potter. Yeah. Maybe we should catch it on into the state. Congratulations on not wasting a whole hour of water. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the name of the movie, and it's always, always on the background. So I celebrated 20 New Year's in Russia, and it's always it was on. on the background every single time. And then eventually I decided to introduce Ryan to it and uh, our other American friend. And I had no idea, I guess because it's on the background usually and not like you sit down and watch it. We took at least three naps through this movie. And it still (laughs) kept going. I had no idea that it was this long. How long (laughs) is that? It has at least a three hour runtime. Yeah. And, and, And they play it on rerun all day. It's not on rerun, but every channel plays it at some point, and this is considered, you know, a New Year's movie, the main New Year's movie in Russia, and it is about New Year's. It takes place on New Year's, so it makes sense. And it is directed by the most famous director of all times, the most famous comedy director of all times. So it is a good movie. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's the um, in the airplane when our character is passed out and he's holding the branches in his, and he falls asleep on the guy next to him. The angry air airline guy is a, is the director. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And what's the director's name? Leonid Gaidai. Wow. Yeah. Leonid. Leonid Gaidai. Gaidai. He made That's... a lot of really funny movies. Was he ethnic Russian? He doesn't sound like. Leonid him. is a Russian name. I mean, I don't know his Gaidai. history, but I think he's Russian. Hmm. I think Ryan had some good thoughts on the movie. So the plot of the film is the main character every year on December 31st goes to a sauna with his best friends and gets plastered, just completely drunk. Normally, throughout the rest of the year though, he does not drink. He is getting married to a woman and he tells her just before going on this trip, I've almost been married once, but instead of getting married I took a plane to Leningrad. And she was obviously a little taken aback and then he left. Nice. (laughs) What a great thing to say to your to be wife. By the way, last time I was supposed to be married, I just ran away. Well, one thing leads to another, and somehow our main character ends up on that airplane to Leningrad and wakes up in what he believes to be his apartment in Moscow because he jumped in a cab and told him, take me to his address, and the cab took him to the same place. But because all the buildings in all of Russia look the same, he was like, oh, this is my building, this is my elevator, this is my door. My key even worked. And he got all the way in, fell asleep, and met the beautiful uh, co-star. Her name was Barbara Bilska? Brilsky. Barbara Brilska. <laughs> yeah, that's a handful. <laughs> so, again, one thing leads to another, and somehow they start falling in love with each other. 
but both of them have a fiance to be, and so it's a comedy slash romance with a they, lot of singing, a lot of singing and a lot of heartbreak. Two fiancés lose what they believed to be the love of their life. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is a sad movie. I never really okay. thought about it that this way. That is really depressing wow. for okay. a New Year's movie. I know. Yeah, but it's it's kind of goes with the theme of what Russians believe a New Year is. It's it's a new year. Things should be changing. Things should be happening. And and what I what I feel is sort of the the theme is that the main characters don't think they're getting anywhere in their original lives. They're not where they wanted to be at this current moment. And when they look into the future, they don't believe that they're going to be where they want to be. And so I think that what they're doing is believing that changing in this new year on this new day is going to put them on a, a better path. That's deep. But, you know, to put this in perspective, New Year's for Russians is a really big deal, not only because this is the time where you exchange gifts and this is like a winter celebration. It is an opportunity for them to start anew, to reflect on... I mean, and for Americans too, but to a larger extent to Russians. It's a really, really big deal for them to meet the New Year, to be up right at midnight. I mean, Ryan every year comments on me dressing up. He's like, where are you going? And I'm not going anywhere, but I have to meet the New Year looking pretty. Really? How dressed up do you get? Do you like, you know, a dress in shoes or just pants or... Everything. Makeup. 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 Hair. Wow. She started putting on fake eyelashes. Yeah. Well, the saying is... And when does it start? Like 11 p.m.? Well, usually in... I mean, in Russia, you dress up before you go to dinner. Not go to dinner, but you start dinner. And the table is filled with all kind of salad. dishes. Well, salad. <laughs> it's just a bunch of different salads. We went over them last episode, yeah. in case you missed them. But it's just it such a huge deal. And the saying is, the way you spend the new year is the way you're going to spend the new year. The belief is, if you're looking pretty, if you're looking nice, and then you're going to look nice and be pretty the next year. But if you're looking terrible, then you're going to look terrible for the rest of the year. Wow. Russians are also very superstitious, so I I can't break my superstition. It's a combination of wives' tale and superstition. Yeah, sounds like it. So usually, what we what ends up happening is that I'll I dress up and then Ryan's like, okay, fine, I'll trust you, and he puts something <laughs> nice on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I spend New Year's Eve sick. Oh. I'm my cold Felix sick too. So hopefully, by Russian standards, I'm not gonna have a terrible. Cold for the rest of the year. Cold for the rest of the year. One you year might. Eight. So I have some fun facts about this. Okay. So this movie was basically popular the minute it came out, which was, I, I believe, 1975. It was banned, however, for a short period between 85 and 87. This was, ironically, Gorbachev's anti-alcoholism campaign. Oh, that's right. And so what, <laughs> what happened during this campaign is they snipped all drunken parts out of movies, television, anything they wanted to rerun, mm-hmm. and they would put that back up on air. But a large portion of this movie re- revolves around the main character being drunk. Otherwise, yeah. how are you going to explain this 10-minute segment that's cut out of the movie where he goes from Moscow to Leningrad? <laughs> so for those two years, it was just completely not shown. Ah, oh, that's so interesting. So the year I was born. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was not shown. What did it my parents might have been do? Shown, it might have been shown that, that Christmas of 87. Well, it's... Oh, okay. So you think on... Eight, uh, I don't know the exact months that okay, it was banned okay, on, okay, so yeah. I don't, I'm not quite sure the, if it falls on December or not. I'm going to have to ask my parents if they uh, watched it on my birthday. 
all of the songs in the movie are somber. Every single one touches on something that is sad, such as losing someone close to you, cruelty of fate. It's true, actually. <laughs> yeah. This is a comedy, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to one of the songs and it filled me with sadness. <laughs> I mean, I love all of the songs from this movie. Yeah, I think just because I heard mm-hmm. them a million times, mm-hmm. but. Well, you also love the songs because they were written by a, an esteemed composer. And all the songs were written, the lyrics written by poets of yeah. great esteem as well. Yeah, and sung by Ala Pugachova, which is, I think, by all accounts, is the most famous singer of all times in Russia to this day. She's, and wow. uh, not only that, she's, I'm pretty sure, controlling the entire pop industry. <laughs> yeah, she's a very powerful woman. Wow. Very powerful woman. So the last fun fact was that the main female star was Polish. And every single line in the movie was overdubbed by a Russian actress. Wait, so everyone else was Russian except everyone. the main girl, and mm-hmm. she was speaking in Polish. No, she spoke Russian. She spoke Russian, she but spoke. it was a Polish-Russian. So, not, uh, so they had to redo it. Yeah. So it's like The Room, where yeah. Tommy Wiseau yeah. had to redub everything. Exactly. Except that in the room he still had an accent when it was dubbed. Well, he dubbed himself. <laughs> that was his biggest biggest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making me remember that line where he they tell them to, to, to drop the accent. <laughs> I want you to know. <laughs> if you haven't seen the room, this is a little highly recommend advertisement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Or yeah. the disaster artist. You can go watch both. Yes. You know, it's funny because I told my brother, who lives in Russia, uh, to watch The Room. <laughs> he said, oh, you know, yeah, it's funny, but it's not shocking because the Russian movies I watch, TV shows I watch, are kind of in the same style or not greatly done. But he was like, but it is a very tragic story. I mean, I feel so bad for the main guy. And I was like, what? <laughs> he did not get the point of the, of the film. I, I don't think he get it. But I think this is proof that Tommy Wiseau is from a former Soviet Union because that story resonates with, I think, Russians or, you know, countries that are The guy working hard, his girlfriend cheating on him with his best friend, and the mom having cancer. That's it. He's Eastern European for sure. I think so. I think so. Anyway. Case closed. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. From this Russian city of New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) You had a favorite scene from the movie. You want to try and act out the favorite scene? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to set the scene real quick. There are four men at the airport. The groom is passed out, and so is the friend who should be flying back to Leningrad. The two other men are seated across from the restaurant table, and they're both smoking and drinking. Attention all passengers. Boarding TU-134, flight 392, en route from Moscow to Leningrad. Passengers, please proceed to the departing gate. I think that's her flight. Oh, I think you're right. Do you remember which one of us is flying? No. Uh, wait. Trust me on this. Let's appeal to common logic. Let's. Let's, yes. Uh, are you flying to Leningrad? No. 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 No, me neither. They both shake hands. Flight number 392 to Leningrad, boarding now. Okay. Pavel, can he be flying? He can. He can. What about Xenia? He can too. He can too. They both can. The pair shake hands again. Shall we cast lots? No. Let's not give ourselves into the hands of chance. What did we drink to in the bathhouse? Zanya's health. Because he's getting married. You've got an amazing memory. Later we can talk about that. That means 
Zanya is flying to Leningrad to attend his own wedding, and he would say that if he wasn't so tired. Wait, he said he met his fiancée at his outpatient clinic when she came to see a doctor. I will answer you. What does that mean? What? Well, uh, that means she was in Moscow on a business trip. Iron logic. Iron logic. They shake hands the final time. Standing up, they pick up the groom and carry him off to the plane. Announcement. Boarding Airfoot Flight 392 and route from Moscow to Leningrad is now complete. And scene. I still cannot believe that they hired a Polish woman to do the movie and dub the entire thing. Yeah, why did they do that? Is it noticeable to you? No. Because obviously I can't tell because there's so many letters. I have no idea if she's saying the right thing. So when did you figure out that it was dubbed? I think whenever someone told me. I'm not oh. sure I knew. Wow. But again... Is it that good? I thought so. I don't think it's noticeable at all. This actress, has she become famous after that movie? Yes, she became famous, although I don't really remember any other movies with her, but Russians would recognize her name. This movie usually plays in the background and while people eat and with the culmination of the night and everyone's goal, even if you're a little kid, is really to be awake for the actual midnight when it turns from one year to another. And the tradition is to listen to presidential address. So it starts just a couple of minutes before midnight and whoever's the president, they came on screen, they usually say something along the lines of, what a great year, some challenges, thank you for your work, you know, love your parents, stuff like that. This year, obviously Putin is the president. He said a couple of things, I'm gonna read them. He emphasized that it's a family holiday, that we're all waiting for important changes, and we need to cherish our parents, give kindness, and this is what gives a meaning to life. He said that this is the time to say, I love you, to forgive mistakes, may everyone be healthy and have children. Yeah. <laughs> Not too forceful. Damn. But, you know, he, he hired boys to men to perform so people go Is that a wish that he makes probably every year? Probably. Have children. More kids. More kids. Yeah, I, I listened to his address from last year and he again said something along the lines of like, love your parents, cherish your parents, treat your kids right, love your country, we're a great nation and we're going to be even greater. I mean, all of his addresses are pretty much similar in tone. The one very traumatic memory I have to share from the presidential addresses is from 1999. That was the year when it was not only turning to a new year, it was a new century. It was turning into 2000s, and I think a lot of people had anxiety about that. And our then president, Yeltsin, came on screen, and what people usually do, they stand with glasses of champagne, ready to greet the new year. Everyone stands up, and Yeltsin comes on screen and basically says, please forgive me for not doing the job that I was supposed to do, for not fulfilling all of the promises. Turned out to be much harder than I thought. This is the last time that I address you as a president. This is the last time that I'm going to wish you Happy New Year as president. He basically announced that he's resigning, and that Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin is going to be... He wasn't announced as president because there was then an, an election where people actually voted for him, but he was basically an acting president. So as everyone <laughs> tries to welcome a new year, anxious about 2000s, you know, 
is a new millennia, right? Am I right? Yeah. Our president was just like, bye, see y'all later. I'm surprised he wasn't drunk. He probably yeah, was. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, he had health problems, but he did sound kind of drunkish, but he a lot of times did. So I'm not really sure at that point how he sounded not drunk. But anyway, that is how Putin came into our lives, and he's still He's still here. around. And basically, after the presidential address, then on the screen, what appears is Kremlin's clock that strikes 12 times. Very somber 12 times. A very somber 12 times. I'm telling you, this is a moment where you're supposed to prepare for, because you're making wishes for the next year. The way to make them come true is that as soon as the clock starts, you have to write down your wishes on a little piece of paper very quickly and burn the piece of paper and put ash in a champagne glass and then drink it. You all before to, the clock goes out? All up. before the clock goes out. So it's really like a race. And you can do it a different way where you just, as you drink the champagne and listen to the clock, you have to say the wishes, not out loud, but like inside your head. But you have to be prepared. So everyone would be like coming up with wishes. No wonder everyone's a nervous wreck on New Year's Eve. I know. And I was listening to the presidential address today just to refresh my memory. And my hands were sweating because I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And like, I need to make the wishes. I mean, it was really stressful, actually. Another way to make the wishes come true, and some people do that, is to open up a window and scream them out on the street. I, that would be my preferred. That sounds a lot easier. <laughs> I don't know. You forego the drinking, though. Oh. It was almost minus 40 Fahrenheit last time that I visited in the New Year, so I don't know that yelling out the window is really the best idea. But I, I wish so. it wasn't so cold here. <laughs> that would be one. I want to live in California! <laughs> I had a completely different reaction to the clock striking 12 on that video. It was like a funeral. It was as if someone had just died. Yeah, it was. You know, I remember New Year's being a very joyful celebration, but as I was rewatching some of the things today, like listening to the songs from the New Year's movie, listening to the presidential address, and then the clock, I mean, I felt a little panicked. <laughs> I feel like this is... You know, a fun celebration, but also somehow very anxiety-provoking, to be honest. Yeah, and... How long did they play before the president came on, do you remember, for the 2018 New Year? Um, is it something special, or is it just different? Yeah, it's usually just bells from, like, a church. Okay. So also very fun. Yeah. And then the song afterwards was the Russian anthem, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is just great. Yeah. We have, like, Madonna on stage, and you guys are playing your anthem. Of course, it's very... Uh, <laughs> Mm, I don't know what's the word, like nationalistic. We're making fun of Steve Harvey's outfit, and you're worrying throughout the entire day about what you're going to write on a piece of paper and drink. <laughs> and eat ash, yeah. Try not to start a fire <laughs> before New Year's. Well, another thing that everyone does right after midnight strikes is sparkler. Oh, yeah. So everyone takes a sparkler and then lights it up and does this, but it's all inside the house. So it's also sort of a fire house. Also really yeah. smoky sparklers. Yeah. yeah. And then outside the house too, but that's one of the staples of New Year's celebration. And then after it's midnight, everyone goes outside. And the reason why everyone goes outside, because usually in the main city square, there is a huge tree that's decorated, lit up. There are ice statues, snow statues that are painted. I don't uh, know what that means. Ice statues? Yeah. yeah statues made out of ice? Yeah. And then you paint them. Uh, they're already painted for the holidays, so... Like, you make a nice statue, and then you paint over it? Yeah. The, over the ice? 
usually the snow statues painted, yeah. But they specifically made them for holidays, so you would have like animals and Dead Maros and his, you know, granddaughter. I'm never going to get over the fact that Dead Maros sounds like you're saying Dead Rose, but continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Russian Krampus, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I was like, why did you want me to research Dead Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like I think I m- might have had a dream about it last night <laughs> about dead I, about researching it, and I, I I remember thinking when I when I heard Dead Moros, and I, I I thought I remember you saying something about the shadow of something. Oh God! And I was like, some shadow of Santa Claus. I was like, sounds a lot like Krampus. Maybe <laughs> that is Krampus story. Oh my God! Aren't isn't Santa really though like an undead creature? Never dies. Yeah. Apparently, Dead Morrow's doesn't either. And he has a granddaughter, but there's no mention of the wife or the daughter that he had to get that granddaughter. (laughs) Yeah. That's a mystery. That is a mystery. So just an old man with a long coat ran off with a woman. A girl. Girl. A girl. Who he claims to be his granddaughter. Okay, that turned out. We should probably probably go investigate this. Yeah. What city should we go find these guys? (laughs) Viliki (laughs) Ustu. Twenty-five dollars for a ticket to go. Uh, eight hundred for the airfare, two hundred for the hotel, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. twenty-five for the ticket. <laughs> it's eight hundred dollars to go to Russia. Well, no idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, depends on when. Like yeah. right now, no one wants to be there. I'm sure it's cold. They have a bunch of in- empty planes coming back <laughs> from people getting dropped off in America from Russia. Probably <laughs> on vacation. One thing I actually forgot to mention is. In 2017 presidential address, Putin said something that I thought was kind of strange. He said, as Kremlin bells strike midnight, everyone can be a little bit of a magician. And then he proceeded to say, all you need is just to love your parents, cherish friendship, help others in need. That's a secret. I thought, I thought he was going to say a little bit of a magician and interfering in elections. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't understand is how is that magic? Controls. How is this magic? How does it constitute being a magician if you just are nice to other people? And maybe he's trying to say that he's not nice and he just fakes it all. He makes it up. I think for the 2019 New Year's, he's going to say, call your parents, cook for your wives, give back massages, have and kids. have kids. <laughs> yeah. Boys to men. Anyway. So after midnight, people go outside. We all dress up, especially little kids have like a lot of layers on so that they can keep warm. And everyone goes to the city square where they have a tree that's all decorated. They have snow statues, ice statues, and they usually bring with you uh, something to ski on, something to sled on. And they have... Um, now how I, packed does the square get? Really it, packed. It, so it's like super packed. I like one in the morning. People are out in yeah. the squares of Russia. What? Yeah, exactly. And apart from just statutes, they have something to, I guess, entertain children, like an ice uh, slide, and it's usually pretty tall. And people bring their sleds, which have metal on them, right? There is no supervision. It's not like there's a lifeguard on duty. You get on the sled and you go down this ice slide. That's pretty tall and then another kid right behind you can slide right into you and that happened to me a couple of times it's quite dangerous but yeah that's what people do after midnight it is a new year's in russia more of a family event? it is yeah. it's it's there's still a lot of drinking though right yeah you know, i mean here in america it's more like a christmas is a 
the children's event and New mm-hmm. Year's is like a the adult event yeah. that children just get tagged along with. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a family event. I think maybe as you get older, you can go out with your friends. Mm-hmm. And now that there are more restaurants and clubs in Russia, I think people do go out and make it more of a adult event. But you, as I remember, because I lived there when I was younger, this was a family event. One thing that I really hated about New Year's is that People buy a lot of fireworks and also things that are called bombs, little bombs, bombishke, and they explode them just everywhere. And it's absolutely terrifying because sometimes they throw it at you and they just explodes right next to you. I remember when I was in school and I would have to go under the road, you know, the under passage, they would explode it there. And because it's a confined space, it would be extremely loud. So that part I always hated and always terrified me that people for some reason have that need to explode things on New Year's and they surrounding New Year's. And How big is the explosion? If they explode right next to you, you're okay? You don't have to go to a hospital? No, no, they're small. It's just kind of scary. I mean, if it lands right on your skin, you will have some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think fireworks, they're not as restricted as they are here and especially in some states. Oh my God, they just throw them at you? That's yeah. terrifying. I know. I would not go out. They're like, I'm having my champagne and ashes in here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens not only on New Year's Day, but it happens sort of during that season. So here, I think 4th of July is when people buy fireworks. In Russia, it's usually New Year's. One thing that I want to mention before we go, uh, Russia actually has two New Year's. They celebrate one on 31st, just like uh, the rest of the world. And then they celebrate another New Year, which they say... Uh, old New Year uh, because this is based on an old calendar. So it takes place in January and it's not as big of a celebration but people still can go out and maybe this is the time for them to not do it with their family but rather go out somewhere and spend that time with the friends. So two New Year celebrations and then in between them there is a Christmas celebration which like I mentioned in the beginning is more family oriented, very quiet, uh, usually a private affair. Yes, exactly. When you guys celebrate New uh, New Year's Eve, it's our New Year's Eve too, right? December thirty yes. first. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Sir. And a lot of things, for some reason, are still referred to by the old calendar. So, for instance, our famous poets from the past, people would say, "Oh, it's his birthday," and then, "Oh, but it's not according to the Gregorian calendar." Mm-hmm. It's still like in people's memories, even though they switched a while ago, and. Old New Year's is one of the testimonies to that, that people still remember and feel the need to celebrate it. And we don't get that here, but Russia pretty much has a whole week off <gasps> during New Year's holidays and the entire country. Is Which wasn't always around. No, not always, but when I lived there, I remember that New Year's Eve, everyone was off, unless you have like a very um, demanding job like in the hospital. If you want to listen to how to spend your New Year's in the hospital, you can listen to our healthcare episode when I was driven in an ambulance to an empty hospital with drunk. And cats. Uh, (laughs) That was a different hospital, but yeah. But yeah, entire Russia, when I lived there, pretty much had a week off, which I think is really nice, and I wish we had it here. Yeah, it sounds very relaxing. For a couple years, they didn't have the, the break in between. They said that not in Putin's time, but before they were trying to take away some of those days mm-hmm. between the 31st and the 6th. Yeah. And no Russian was having it. Oh, yeah. No, I can't <laughs> imagine. They're going to fight for those days off. All right. That's all we have for today. I'm Ryan. 
And I'm Lisan. And I'm Abraham. Thank you for listening and join us next time. Bye.